Jesus told uh, that grew out of uh, two brothers who were arguing over an inheritance. Imagine that, you know. Friends, that is not a problem that simply happened a long time ago. It's as contemporary as you and I. Let us pray together. Holy God, you are so generous. You give and give in abundance. You bless and bless in abundance. So bless us now with ears to hear your word that it might make of us generous servants of Jesus Christ. Amen. Listen for these words. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves but are not rich toward God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There is nothing like the death of a loved one to make us aware of how much stuff we have. That event brings us an awareness of our stuff like no other. Now, friends, I am not much of a collector of stuff. In my life as a United Methodist pastor, I have had to pack entirely too many boxes and load entirely too many moving vans. And stuff simply means more boxes, and more loading. But Sparks was a collector and a saver. And whenever we needed some something, especially some something that would fix a problem around the house, he always had one of whatever it was. Now that was a blessing, but it's a blessing that meant he had quite a collection of stuff. Now, being the household handywoman is simply not my gift. So I have spent the past two months trying to find a good home for a lot of stuff that I, I don't even know what it is, and I certainly know I have no use for it. 
It's been a bit of a chore. And it's a reminder that sometimes our stuff is not always the treasure we thought it might be. Under the best of circumstances, getting rid of the stuff when a loved one dies can be a chore. But when circumstances are less than the best, a loved one's stuff can be the cause of great conflict in a family. I have had folks in my office who were there to plan the memorial service for their loved one, and suddenly they broke out into an argument over who was going to get mom or dad's stuff. And the more valuable this stuff seemed to be, the more heated the argument became. It was just such an argument that led Jesus to tell the parable we're considering this morning. Two brothers were arguing about an inheritance. Teacher, tell my big brother to give me my share of the estate. It's mine. No, it's mine. And in response to that dilemma, Jesus told this pesky parable. There was a rich farmer whose land produced abundantly, such an abundant harvest that the farmer didn't know what to do with all of it. And he said, you know, I don't have any place to put all of this grain. What am I going to do? I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns for it. And by that, he did not mean knock out the back wall and add on job. He meant he was going to raise his barns to the ground and then build brand new ones, which he proceeded to do. And then he said to himself, Soul, you now have ample goods stored up to last for years into the future, so relax. Take it easy. Eat, drink, be merry. Throw a great party. Now, We have come to call this the parable of the rich fool. But that is not the name Jesus would have given it. He starts the parable by talking about the land. The land of a rich farmer produced abundantly. You see, Jesus was interested in the size of that abundant, miraculous harvest. He wasn't remotely interested in the efforts of the farmer. Yet in his scramble to take credit for that rich harvest, the farmer overlooked the fact that that harvest was a gift from God. And because he chose to take responsibility for something that was a gift from God, that blessing became a bit of a problem for him. And so there he is asking himself, what am I going to do with all this stuff? I know what I'll do. I'll build bigger barns and put all my stuff in it, and then I'll be able to say, look at all I've got. I'm just going to sit down and have a great party. You'll notice that the entire first part of this story 
is a monologue by that wealthy farmer. My, my crop, my abundance, my barn, my secure future. You know, he takes credit for all of it, all of it. And he's standing there talking to himself, planning for himself, congratulating himself, celebrating himself until the end of the story when another voice intrudes. And it's the voice of God. And you'll notice that God does not accuse this farmer of being immoral or unjust or even greedy. The voice of God simply calls him what it is. You fool. Today, your life is demanded of you. And then, all this stuff, whose will it be? End of story. Now, I can imagine that those two brothers who squabble led Jesus to tell this story probably choked and simply mumbled, oh, as Jesus went on to say, so it will be for those who store up riches for themselves but are not rich in the things of God. Have you ever thought of yourself as the wealthy farmer? Most of us do not think of ourselves as wealthy. And yet, we could probably live a very long time on the food that is stored in our pantries. And we have all seen that advertisement for the Christmas gift that is labeled for the person who has everything. Truth is, friends, by the standards of most of the rest of the world, we are rich. But how many of us are really whole and at peace? Even though we have a great deal of stuff, many of us are fearful of the future, and we want to secure ourselves against the unknowns of the future, like an uncertain economic situation, or the danger of living in a world that is as violent as the one in which we find ourselves. And like that wealthy farmer, we somehow think that our stuff and the barns in which we store it will provide us with the security we need against that unknown future. The danger of being wealthy like the wealthy farmer in the story is we so easily fool ourselves. Because our bank accounts do allow us to take care of a number of practical problems, like providing food and shelter for ourselves and our families, we are left to ponder life's bigger, greater problems, like how to find joy, how to love and be loved, how to find meaning 
and purpose. Those are problems that our barns can't touch. And we are very foolish if we think our stuff or our barns will help us solve any of those problems. Now, I think it's important for us to notice that God's word of judgment was not directed against the size of that abundant harvest. That abundant harvest was a gift from God. God's word of judgment was directed against the farmer who was trying to find security apart from placing his trust in God. You fool, God said. Tonight, your life is required of you. Friends, when death comes, what purpose does our stuff serve? I don't think God cares about bigger barns. God cares about where we search for ultimate security. And all the stuff in the world cannot provide us with the security that comes from God alone. We don't know what the future holds, but one thing we can be really sure of, and that is that all of us are going to die. And our ultimate security can be found in God and in God alone. Wealth and power and comfort cannot save us. Only the love of God we have met in Jesus Christ can do that. Friends, the point of this story is not that money is evil. Money is not evil. Money and stuff are morally neutral. They are simply tools God gives us that we might use faithfully to meet our needs, the needs of our family, and here's the one we always forget, the needs of all God's beloved children around the world. So it probably is a really good idea for you to leave enough in your estate to cover your funeral expenses and any outstanding debts you might have. Your loved ones will appreciate that and God will approve. And if your estate is larger than your expenses, be generous in your directions as to how that estate is to be distributed. Let your estate planning reflect your love for God and God's love for the world. But more importantly than that, live generously now, remembering that none of us is self-made. Folks, we are all God-made, and nothing we have, not even our own lives, belongs to us. It all belongs to God. 
It comes as a gift from God to be used faithfully. Meaning and purpose and hope and joy and blessing are found in using the gifts God has given us to fulfill God's purpose for the world. Friends, as Christians, we're called to be rich in the things of God. And God's treasures are not like the world's treasures. For one thing, they never run out. There's always enough to go around. God's treasures are things like love and hope and peace and joy and truth, things that cannot be hoarded but can only be shared. How different might the life of that wealthy farmer have been had he realized that that abundant offering of grain and harvest was a gift from God, God's stuff to be shared with others. But instead, that farmer thought he owned that stuff. Truth was, the stuff owned him. And God called him exactly what he was. You fool. The world's fools are those who have forgotten. It all belongs to God. It all comes to us as a gift, and it only has value when we share it. Folks, God gives us lots of stuff. The question is, will we use our stuff to create substance and abundance for ourselves and for others. The foolish are those who settle for stuff over substance. In the name of the God who gives and gives and gives. Amen.